The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering from Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? Hey guys, it's Gabby and welcome to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, a food website. I'm a best-selling author and now I'm a podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and so much more. Plus, every episode, I'm going to be highlighting a super cool company that's doing awesome things in terms of home delivery, since we're all limiting the amount of time we spend at the grocery store. So without further ado, this is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. All right, guys, we made it. Happy Friday. Let's get right into it. Next week, we are coming in hot with some guests. So today we're going to do a couple questions. We're going to talk about all the good things, especially poke bowls, because those are very near and dear to my heart. If you don't love raw fish, I apologize. I'm going to teach you how to do it without raw fish. Whatever. We'll get there later. Let's roll right into it. Hi, Gabby. This is Sasha from Raleigh, North Carolina. Again, I have a question about cutting boards. I was wondering if you had a preference. I'm looking to buy some new ones. And is there a difference between wooden cutting boards or plastic? And also, I've seen you use a giant wooden butcher block. And so I was wondering, is there anything special about it? How do you clean it? And is there anything you have that's like off limits for cutting like raw meat or fish? I would love your thoughts. Thanks. Hi, Sasha. Okay, let's get into cutting boards. So yes, I do have a giant wooden cutting board, cutting block, butcher block, whatever you want to call it. It's a booze board. John Booze is the company. They're based out of Chicago, I think. The reason I love that is because it's uber heavy duty and it doesn't move when I'm cooking. That's the benefit to getting a really heavy duty one. Like when you have those small plastic ones, they can move a lot. And for someone who cooks pretty much every meal for every day. The heaviness of it is amazing. I clean it with a mineral oil. It's actually linked on the master list. And I have a video on how to clean it on the What's Gabby Cooking Culinary School section of my website. But it's my favorite, one of my favorite things. It's just beautiful. It lives on my counter at all time. I cut everything on it except meat and fish. So like pork, beef, chicken, shrimp, salmon, none of that ever touches it because once you get that on there, it's really hard to disinfect wood. And so I have another plastic cutting board from OXO or OXO or whatever the brand is that I use for all the meat and fish proteins because that I can just throw right in the dishwasher on high temp and it gets disinfected in the dishwashing cycle. The Bose blocks, booze blocks, however you pronounce it, comes in all different shapes, all different colors. It really just depends what you want in your kitchen. But I say having a heavy duty butcher block is amazing. They're a little pricey. So like put it on your birthday wish list. And then the cheapy plastic ones are like 20 bucks probably. And I have two of those. So 
if I'm doing a lot of things, I have access to both of them if one of them's in the dishwasher. So I would have those two things. The other good thing about the wooden cutting boards is it keeps your knives really sharp and like it has a really great rocking motion for when you're like slicing onions or leeks or shallots or whatever it is. But if you check the master list on my site, that has links to all of that. Thank you. Hi, Gabby. This is Brittany from Denver, Colorado. So during quarantine, I'm missing sushi. I'm missing poke. And I think it's something I could do at home, make poke bowls. But I'm really intimidated about making raw fish at home. So what's the deal with that? Where do I get it? How do I store it? How long can I store it for? Can I freeze it and then use it later? Or should I just get takeout. Um, thank you. And looking forward to all of your podcasts. Hi, Brittany. Oh my gosh. You are speaking to my soul right now. I love pokey. Okay. So for those of you who don't know what pokey is, it's basically chopped like sliced raw fish on a rice bowl or like on seaweed noodles or kelp noodles or something like that. It is so incredibly flavorful. You you get it at like basically gas stations in Hawaii and it's just like, oh my God, it'll blow your mind. So there are a couple things we want to talk about when we're buying fish and making poke bowls at home. Yes, I think you totally can do it. You want to make sure when you buy something like ahi tuna, it's marked as sushi or sashimi grade because it's the highest quality of fish. You don't want to eat a not high quality raw fish. I have seen it at Whole Foods in the freezer section. So I think that's a great option because you can buy it, keep it in the freezer and then thaw it out when you need it. And that way you're not buying it fresh and freezing and unthawing. Like you just, it goes right from the Whole Foods freezer into your freezer until you're ready to cook. You also can ask your fishmonger what might be sushi grade that's fresh if you're looking to make it the same day. You should always look for a fish that basically you just don't want it to smell. Like you don't want it to be fishy at all. So like ask your fishmonger to smell it. If it smells funky, pass, maybe pokey another day. Most traditional pokies are marinated. There's a recipe on my website and it has a really incredible soy sauce dressing. It's got soy sauce, garlic, rice vinegar, sesame oil, and a little olive oil. And you can marinate the fish in that for at least 30 minutes, but up to a couple hours to like give it even more flavor. And that's one of my favorite parts of a poke bowl. And then you kind of do the rest on your own. Like you can have white rice, you can have fried shallots, avocado, cilantro, mandarin, oranges, edamame, carrots, cucumber, mango. Poke bowls would actually be a great thing to make with your kids if they were into raw fish. Now, if you're not into raw fish and you want to make something similar to this, oh, I forgot about pickled ginger. We definitely need pickled ginger. You can do this with cooked fish. So I have made poke bowl. It's not technically a poke bowl, but I have used like leftover cooked salmon and kind of flaked it off and put the dressing that I told you about in it and still let it marinate for three hours. So it like really infuses the salmon and then just put that on the same type of poke bowl. So If you don't have access to sushi-grade fish, you can still make something similar. Or if you don't like raw fish, you can do that as well. You could also do cooked halibut or sea bass or whatever it is. You just kind of want to flake like a good fish that flakes easily if you're going to do the cooked version. So hopefully that helps. And I wish I knew of a place to order sashimi-grade fish for you. Also, sashimi is the hardest word for someone with a little bit of a list to say. Just saying I love you that much because I said it a lot of times. (laughs) Okay. Who's next? Hi, Gabby. My name is Erica. I'm calling from Oakland, California. 
And I'm very lucky during this time to have access to an organic farm that does produce boxes once a week for um, inexpensive. And I love their produce, but I'm getting a bunch of things that I've never cooked with before. So some examples for you are collard greens, a fennel bulb, and other things that I have cooked with before, but come in large quantities. Like I have three types of kale this week and I have Napa cabbage and I still have a head of Napa cabbage from last week. So I was hoping you could give me some ideas for uh, dishes to make with these things. And also maybe you could let me know how long I should keep these items for in my fridge um, before they go bad. Thank you so much. I've really been enjoying the podcast and take care. Bye. Hi, Erica. I am so happy you asked this because I have the same problem right now and I'm going to tell you how I've solved it. So four things like fennel, turnips, beets, like hearty root vegetables that really need cooking. Well, fennel, you can also slice and put into a salad like on a really on a mandolin or something. But if you're going to cook it, here's what I've been doing. I've been like cleaning it, quartering it, putting on a baking sheet, dousing in olive oil, salt and pepper and roasting it. And while it's roasting, I will make like a crispy panko mixture. So like in a skillet, melt some butter or put some olive oil over medium high heat, add in a half a cup of panko breadcrumbs and toast it. Take it off the heat, maybe fold in some Parmesan or some Pecorino or something like that. And once the vegetables are done in the oven, add that cheesy panko mixture on top. It's kind of like a makeshift gratin without the cream base if you want to keep it a little bit healthier. And honestly, there's no vegetable that a cheesy panko topping it just makes everything sing. So I would do that for the root vegetables, for the collard greens and the kale and the spinach and all that kind of stuff. I have been sauteing that down with olive oil until it's wilted and then adding a boatload of garlic or ginger or both, deglazing it with a little bit of either red wine or rice vinegar. Like, so if you're going just garlic, go with the white wine. If you're going garlic and ginger, go with the rice vinegar. That just kind of deglazes the pan and gives it a little acidic hit. And it's phenomenal. You could put the ginger garlic situation in the poke bowl. That would be bomb. Or you could just add it to pasta, to rice on top of protein. So good. And you know, those greens, they last for a decent amount of time in the fridge, but not forever. So when my CSA has been coming here in LA, I've just been taking an afternoon every week to prep as many of these vegetables as possible because then I can use them throughout the week. Greens, I think, last for a couple days without cooking them. The root vegetables last a little bit longer because they're a little hardier. But as soon as something starts to get really sad and wilty or like a beet or a turnip or fennel starts to get soft, it's usually past its prime. But I try and cook everything from a CSA within two to three days. And that way it extends its life for even longer because you can keep veg- like leftover vegetables in the fridge for four to five days and use it in salads or in enchiladas or in pastas or anything like that. Rice bowls, you guys totally, I mean, the bowls on what's got to be cooking are out of control. We've got lots of options, but I hope that answers your question. Hi, Gabby. This is Rachel from Alexandria, Virginia. I just found your account like a month ago and I think you're amazing. I've already bought uh, your two cookbooks and I've pre-ordered your third. My question is about spices. My husband and I were going through our spice cabinet in quarantine, nothing better to do. And we noticed a lot of them had expired. How long can you really keep them? I, I mean, I kept some of them. Some I tossed just because they were really old, like eight years old. 
So I just want to know what your thoughts were on how long you can keep spices and when to throw them out. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy. And thank you so much for all your wonderful recipes. Bye. Hi, Rachel. Oh my gosh. I literally just did this with my spices right before we moved and it was so therapeutic. Oh my God. I had so many weird things in there. It was bizarre. So couple things about spices. Ground spices start to lose their freshness and flavor and potency for like after 12 months. So my tip would be to buy the smaller packages of the spices. That way you can get through them more quickly. Um, They're not going to go bad per se after that 12 month period, but they're just not going to be as potent. Like they're not going to pack as much of a punch in the dish. Curry, for example, you're not going to get like those big, bold flavors if it's an eight-year-old curry powder. For maximizing shelf life, you're going to want to store your spices in airtight containers away from the heat and the light, like you want them to be in a kitchen cabinet or in a pantry, not close to the stove. My mom, I think, actually, mom, are you listening to this? You store your spices right next to the stove. We need to move those. (laughs) If they're right by the stove, the heat can make them go bad faster. So you want them in a cool, dark place in an airtight container. The other thing I will say, if you love spices and you go through them quite a bit, they last a lot longer if you buy them in a whole form. So like a whole thing of like cumin, like you buy the cumin seeds and then you grind them down with a spice grinder. They last longer like that because it's kind of like coffee beans. Like if you buy coffee beans whole and just grind as much as you need for the day, they're going to stay fresh longer. Same thing goes with spices. I told this to one of my girlfriends the other day who has a child, and she was like, you're out of your mind if you think I'm grinding my coffee every morning. Like, you're cra- Thomas is crazy that he does that. And I was like, well, that's because he doesn't have a child yet. But those are the three things to keep in mind for about spices. You could just smell it. Like, if it still smells fragrant, I would use it. But also, like, moving forward, just buy the little ones to stock in your pantry when a recipe calls for something. And that way you're not wasting it if, you know, 10 years down the road, you find it and you're like, oh, I never used this turmeric or something like that. So hopefully that is helpful. And everybody should do a spice closet clean out because it's just very joyous. I alphabetized mine. That's how obsessed I am. Okay, let's talk about a super cool online retailer that's selling amazing things. I had never heard of these people before. Someone sent them to me. And honestly, I'm obsessed. Have you guys heard of MexGrocer.com? It is literally a Mexican grocery store online that you can order all the things. Chili peppers, sure. Cheese, absolutely. Canned food, yes. You want some cool kinds of agua frescas? They've got it. Chips, hot sauces, I mean, honestly, you name it, I've got everything. They've got canned chipotles. They've got canned, I can't even go into it. I spent a solid five hours on their website the other day. It's incredible. So check them out if you need to order something. They're shipping everywhere. I don't believe anything's delayed at the moment. If you spend $60 or more, I think there's a coupon code so you get free shipping. It is phenomenal. If you guys live by a Vallarta, it's basically like an online Vallarta. And we all know how I feel about Vallarta. It's my favorite thing in the world. So there you go. A little bit different than usual because it's a like an all-purpose store. It's not like one ingredient that we're highlighting. But I figured it was Cinco de Mayo this week. We all ate a lot of chips and I think we should keep it going. So there you have it. Mexgrocers.com. Send me your tips and tricks for anybody you want featured. I'm all about it. 
All right, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine podcast. Be sure to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future until quarantine is over. <laughs> if you have any questions that you want answered, give me a call, 888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you have a super cool small company you know about that deserves to be highlighted, leave it as a voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out whatsgobbycooking.com and I will talk to you guys very soon. Thank you.